The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from very sunny Fountain Hills, Arizona. And I'm delighted to have you with us today. Today's show is brought to you by Slim Roast Coffee. It's the real deal. Now I've lost 34 pounds drinking this coffee. No diet, no killer workouts at the gym. I walk the dog, eat sensibly. That's it. And it comes with a 100% guarantee. For more about it, go to the self-improvement blog. While you're there, see our guest picture, read her bio, watch the video in the right sidebar. You'll be very, very glad that you did that. When we talk about comfort, we think of a good mattress or an easy chair that engulfs us or shoes that don't hurt our feet. We talk about being comfortable with a certain person or in somebody's home or in an office situation. And if we're comfortable there, usually we're happier there. But there's an inner comfort we don't often mention. It's comfort with being who you are, with why you are here, and with where you're going. It's being comfortable when the news is full of uncomfortable things. Wars, shootings, muggings, rape, child abuse, fraud. Those things we hear these days on a daily basis. How do you find inner comfort with all of this? We're going to talk about this kind of inner comfort today and a lot of other things too fierce to mention Our guest today is Betsy Thompson. She's a Philadelphia native with a BFA from the University of Pennsylvania. She worked as an account executive for several Philadelphia radio stations and as a commercial print model appearing in television commercials in Philadelphia, New York. After moving to California, Betsy struggled and nearly became homeless. But after she recognized her tendency to blame everyone else for her problems, She decided to become accountable, and she began to recover. For the next 18 years, Betsy worked as an executive assistant to an entertainment executive in the film industry. She retired in 2005 and is now writing full-time. Good books, too. Betsy has a passion for communicating spiritual concepts. In addition to the book we're going to talk about today, Love Human, Betsy is the author of the What Happens If I book, 
Walking Through Illusions, The Mirror Theory, and Love Parent. Betsy's been with us before, and it's my absolute honor to welcome her back to the Self-Improvement Show. Betsy, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, it's always nice to have you. You always have such nice things to say, and you have a depth of wisdom that most of us haven't touched yet. Now, for those of you who, those who didn't hear you before, tell us about yourself. You know this question. <laughs> who is <laughs> Betsy Thompson? Well, um, I have to say that um, I really had, I was aware of when I was very young, maybe four or five years old, that I had a gift of being able to communicate with spirit. Uh, uh, I was talking to my great-grandmother because my mother was always talking about how much I looked like her, and I thought it would be fun to see if I was like her in other ways, and so I... It didn't seem the least bit strange to me, and so because I hadn't told anybody I was going to do that, nobody told me I couldn't do it. And I was having lovely conversations for a couple of weeks, and I just assumed at that age that if uh, if I could do something, that everybody could do it. So I told my sister, who was two years older, what I was doing, and I asked her who she spoke to. And she told she went ballistic, and she her reaction told me how the rest of the world was going to react to this, and um, uh, she just teased me unmercifully for weeks about it. And so I was terrified that she would tell other people, and they would react the same way she did. And so I stopped the conversations because I didn't want to be considered weird and uh, be teased about it. And it wasn't until I was. Uh, in the middle of my life in California and, and uh, almost homeless that I decided that my life certainly uh, hadn't gone too well so far um, that I would acknowledge the gift and use it again, and I and I started to use it. But I, I was really struggling to survive, and um, I said uh, a prayer one night that I wanted to use the gift and I wanted to be my authentic self and to share the gift with others, but I needed a job to support me while I did it. And three weeks later, I had the job in the entertainment business, and I worked for the next the same man for the next 18 years and was able to retire to write full-time. And so it was almost like the universe said to me, well, if you're ready, we're ready, and here we go. And it's been an incredible ride ever since then. That's a perfect example of manifesting. Couldn't couldn't be clearer than that, could it? And I imagine that your grandmother is very pleased as well. Well, my, it was my great grandmother, and she she was. Um, I'm sure she is. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm sure she's been with me ever since. Uh, and um, because it's a connection, you know, it's a connection that I that I made. We're going to basically be talking about your book, Love Human. The subtitle is where you have come from and where you are going. What is Love Human about? It's about. Finding comfort in a world where uncomfortable things happen, and it's about yep. seeing the big picture of where we come from and where we are going so that our perspective grows regarding the present journey and what it is all about. And it's, it's also about uh, another idea of embracing the world as it is and the people around us as they are and loving whatever that is. And not because we live in a perfect world, but because if we love and accept uh, life as it is, love and acceptance grow. And, and that is a wonderful goal. And we don't always have to like what it is we're seeing on the news. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because these days there's so much of it and it's communicated in so many ways 
that it seems to be in front of us all the time. So to get a little more comfortable, you're going to tell us. Well, I think that. that you can you can view. First of all, you don't have to watch the news. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that one. Yes. Second of all, you can you can decide you how you want to feel about everything that you hear. Uh, you can either you can either look at it if, you know from the perspective that this is horrible, the world is going to pot, and everything is collapsing, or you can look at it from these are people who are living what they need to live, and for some reason they have to go through this, and I'm going to bless their path instead of judge their path. So, I mean, who are we to judge uh, what people are going through? You know, we don't know who they are. You know, we don't know what they've gone through. We don't know if they had a past life where they needed this lifetime to live it this way. We don't have that information. So we, if we judge them, we're coming from an ignorant place um, that really doesn't uh, make any sense. So when I see things happening, I have to remind myself, too, just like we all do, I have to remind myself that person has a soul, and that soul is wise for the journey they need to make. And um, all I need to worry about is my life and whether I'm making the decisions that, that I feel comfortable with. And that's really the only place we can be in control. That's right. <laughs> the only place. What led you to write this book? I mean, this is a rather, uh, this is a book that deals with some rather profound thoughts. Well, I think it asks the questions that a lot of us ask. Um, I mean, I have some of these questions when I was very young. You know, why am I here? What's what's it all about? I, I it came out of the idea of, of uh, what I wanted to know, which all my books do. I mean, they come out of the questions that I have about life. Um, uh, so that's where they come from. They and I and I don't really. When I write a book, I I don't even know what it's going to be about before I start. But when I get started, then I have all these questions, and they come up, and I ask them, and then I get the answers. And so I don't. I'm, I'm not really sure about the process myself. Um, I tell people when they ask me how I do it, I say, Well, how does where does a woman, a, a man, or an artist get? The, the idea for a painting or the interpretation of a painting that they have, where does a musician get the notes that they hear? It's the same place, but I don't know where it is any more than a musician knows where it is. It, it just comes, doesn't it? Yes, it just comes. Now, I think of the way The Course in Miracles was written. Uh, it just came, and she yes. typed it and didn't really know what she was typing. Right, exactly. And, and, That's how yeah. it comes. I don't know what's going to come until it comes. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly it. How how did you become aware that you had a gift uh, like this? And, and I I would assume that what we're talking about is channeling. Yes. Well, I mean that it started when I was very young, as I was just saying, and um, and I and I rehonored it when I was um, almost homeless, and because. I decided that uh, I was just beginning to try to take responsibility for my life and for my choices and stop blaming everyone else. And one of the things I took responsibility for was having this gift. And um, the fact that I, you know, acknowledged it is what changed my life and turned things around for me because I think we all come here for a reason. And if you live your life uh, not acknowledging what you can do and what you what you love to do, uh, the soul would probably say, "Well, let's get out of here and come and try again. We'll come back again another time when you feel better equipped to, to deal with it." Let's talk just a little bit about the gift because you know, as a child, you were able to communicate with your grandmother, who was uh, my great grandmother, spiritual being, your great grandmother. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but that's not the same as 
getting all this information to write? You know, is it the same gift being able to talk with spiritual entities, beings? I think yeah. it's the same gift. If, 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 you mean this thing when you have a gift, you can talk to anyone you want to talk to. I haven't been, I haven't felt restricted in anyone I wanted to speak to. Uh, I, I think that spirit is just waiting for us to communicate and is delighted to respond. I think if I were out of my body right now and someone wanted to communicate with me and they had a way of doing, I would be thrilled to respond. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think and so I think that if you if you want to and you have a way of doing it, that's, it that spirit is there, ready and yeah. willing and uh, thrilled. This sounds like a really dumb question, I know. But when when you sit down to write, do you call for help or does somebody just come through and say, here's what we're writing today? Not necessarily that way, but... I mean, you, you get the words flow through you, but do you have certain ones you work with? Or do you say, I think we need a book about such and such? You know, h- how does that come about? Well, you know, it's funny that you should ask that question because when I was first couple of books I wrote, uh, I just assumed it was a spirit that had connected with me and, and it was, and it was, uh, comfortable for me, so I didn't question it. And then I wrote, uh, the What Happens If I book and I just put it out there and I said, any spirit who wants to join in, it's fine with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know, you know, I don't know who was, who was actually there, but I do know that it was, it, it was an equally wonderful experience. So I don't, I don't know that it really matters. Um, if the answers come and they're beautiful, I'm, I'm content. We're going to talk about this just a little bit more, but right now it's time for us to go to break. This is Irene Connell with my guest Betsy Thompson saying, stay tuned. We're going to be back with more of this delicious conversation in just a moment. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Betsy Thompson, who's written a really wonderful book uh, about where, we're, where we come from, why we're here. Uh, and we were talking before the break about getting her information from spirits, from those on the other side. And my next question has to be, Betsy, how do you know that the material you're getting, the information that's given to you, how do you know that it's correct, that it really is um, exact and something we can trust, have buy-in to? By the feeling it gives me. And I think that that's how everybody has to trust everything they hear. What is the feeling they they have about a person? The feeling tells you everything, and it's no different with spirit. It's the feeling that comes with it, and also whether it makes any logical sense. I have a very, very logical mind, and therefore if something comes that sounds totally illogical to me, I wouldn't trust it. But when I hear, but, but when I hear a message, it, if it makes sense to me and it has, and it's a loving answer, then I know where it's coming from. Where do the questions come from? They come from the same place. So basically, you're, let's say, you're sitting in front of the computer, and the question comes to your mind. You know, is it okay to whatever? Any question is okay with spirit. Any question. Spirit has never ever <clears throat> said to me that's not an acceptable question. <laughs> well, Any question that you have, um, you know, is answered. <laughs> now, this is a sort of a strange question to ask you, but you've written a book about these things. You know, we've been taught from the beginning all about sin and all about how bad we are and all of these things. You know, uh, have you asked the question, "What about sin? What's okay and what's not?" And are you comfortable with the answers that you get? Well, I haven't asked that exact question about sin, but I've certainly heard answers that would show me that um, that's all about judgment, when our own you know, earthly judgment about what we consider good, bad, wrong, and right. And um, the force that runs the universe, uh, I've heard the message that doesn't believe in good, bad, wrong, and right, uh, because, all are, because um, all are known as the needed growth in the person who has them. So if, if, you, if you are saying that something a, per, a person did something uh, that you consider a sin, well, uh, what if that person came here to learn something and had to do what the person did in order to learn it? And then you comes up the question of the victim, what about the victim? But to tell you the truth, I don't believe there are any victims because I believe in the power of action-reaction, and I don't think it's just in the human game that we play power of action-reaction. Uh, it's, um, it, it's something that runs the universe and... and it's here. It's it's in this. It's everywhere. So if a person comes here to is, and commits something against another person, uh, that person is there because they need to be there as well. And this is all about trusting that the soul is wise for the journey of the person who comes here. And if you say that you know something 
happened that shouldn't have happened, what you're really saying is that the soul and those people are dummies, and that's an impossible equation as far as I'm concerned. Uh, The soul always knows where a person needs to be, and and so uh, if the person is not supposed supposed to be where they are, then something happens to interrupt that action, and it doesn't happen. And it's just about you cannot figure out everybody's life in terms of what's good, bad, and wrong and right. You can only make sure that your own life is being lived with the integrity that you believe in. And when you focus on everybody else and what is happening with everybody else in the world, it's just a distraction away from making you focus on what's going on in your own life because that's the one that you're in control of and that's the one that is of concern to you, not what is happening to everyone else. And so the need for awareness... Yeah, without awareness, you're never going to get there. You you just aren't. Well, it's just it, it is it is a matter a matter of of being in a certain habits. You know, in the world that we live in now, it's very hard to ignore what we hear on the news every day, day in and day out, which you spoke about before. It's very difficult. But also, we wouldn't be here in this time uh, of history unless we had chosen to be here at this time of history. And we're and our souls believe that it's wise for us to be here in whatever here now. role we're playing. And so it's about trusting that other people are too, and they have their own reason for being here, and we have our reason for being here, and no reason is wrong, right, good, or bad. It just is. It just is. Right up front in your book, you say the ultimate, and that's with a capital U, the ultimate doesn't keep its whereabouts a secret. The ultimate is you. Talk a little bit about what you mean by the ultimate is you. Well, everything is energy, and energy is God, and so therefore everything that exists is God, and that includes us. So we are the ultimate energy. Everything has a vibration. We vibrate at a higher frequency than uh, than than the flower or a tree, uh, but that doesn't mean that it, the flower and the tree aren't one with us and a part of energy. And so... It, it is the more love you have in your heart, the more the higher your vibration is. And I believe if your vibration gets high enough, you just you just leave the human game because you've you've reached a vibration that is spiritual and not not matter anymore. Ah, well said. I'm trying to think of an author's name here. He wrote the book uh, Power versus Force. David, it's gone. His, his last name's just gone, and he talks about vibratory levels and levels of consciousness and where we are as a country, where other countries are, how we can, you know, how we can rate, how we rate as individuals, what that means. And it's, it's just a very wonderful book. I wish I could think of his name. Um, He's got the same last name as a very famous scientist, and the movie was just made about him. Do you think my mind will come to it right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Power okay. versus force. But if you haven't read it, it's just an amazing, wonderful book. Um, read it some years ago. I read it twice. It's about time to read it again because it's not like anything I've ever seen before. talks a lot about uh, kinesiology and muscle testing to know what's going on in your own life and, and around. Well, it's, if, it, if one person can experience it, then any person can experience it. And uh, the vibration in, uh, has increased for me and myself from through doing meditation. And I think that I'm probably in a semi-state of, 
of vibration a lot of during my day because I spend a lot of time writing and I think I'm I'm in so I am in a vibration when I'm writing and I think that we have the capability to take that vibration to the highest limit it's just that we don't focus on it or most of us don't focus on doing that in this, in this lifetime but I think it's a destiny a destiny that is inevitable for all of us eventually Oh I agree and his name is David Hawking Okay uh, and basically, he said the same thing you just said. And, and he said that the highest vibration we le- reach is a level of 700, and people like Jesus, um, uh, Krishna wasn't quite as high, the Buddha, you know, have attained that level. Very few others have gotten too much higher than 500. And you really can see this, you know, you, you almost can pick out people. Who are well, 500 and yeah, above, but the thing is, the thing is this that um, maybe not the people that we know about have reached that vibration, but there may exactly. be people we don't know about, and there may be plenty of them. I have an idea there are, and I have an idea there are more and more all the time. Yes, as people raise rise in consciousness. Yes, and I believe that that's how we were when we first came here, and there's a chapter about that too in the book about. Uh, who we, who, well, we knew who we were when we first came here, and we manifested into the matter, and I'm sure we were vibrating at the very highest vibration at that time, and then the vibration began to lower, and, uh, we began to think, see of each, see each other as separate and different, and then, uh, we lost the, 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 the uh, we, our vibration lessened until we began, we, we went into different eras, uh, first the era in a, the year of Eden when we were first here, and then then losing communication with each other when we communicate through thought when we first came here. We didn't have any need for a mouth or for eating or for speaking because we could feel each other's thoughts. And then when we lost that ability to communicate, we had to mutate into having a mouth so that we could improve our communication. And 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 so it's a, it's a really a, it's a short chapter, but it it, it covers a long span of of a history of the human of the human from coming to the earth, and it's um, to me it makes perfect sense. And so and I always have to have things that make sense to me. <laughs> you have to have it in logical order. Yeah, it does have to be logical for me. Why do you think the content of your book, no, talking about who we are, why we're here, where we're going, why is it particularly important? today in in our time i think it's important uh because it talks about the powerful energy that we are and i think that i uh until i realized myself that i was in charge of my life instead of at the effect of of other people's behavior i felt very weak and i felt very at the um, uh, like a victim, uh, I, I, when I was blaming, I never knew, uh, you know, when the next person was going to show up who blamed me for their problems, and it's a very fearful place to be. And once you realize that what is really happening is that your expression that you put out into the universe is simply coming back to you and other people, and you realize that then you have the power to create something different. And so it's a very powerful place to come from. And that's what really the book talks about, that we are individually responsible for what, you know, how we react to other people, how we react to what is happening in the world. And I, I realized, uh, you know, that it wasn't so much the decisions 
that my mother made that made my life so miserable. It was really how I reacted to her decisions. And, uh, of course, when you're a child, you can't, you, you aren't aware of that, or I certainly wasn't. But as I got older and I realized that I didn't have to react in the same old way that I had, and my old reactions of blame were, you know, almost got me homeless. So there certainly wasn't any pathway to heaven, that's for sure. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, so, most of us grew up in families that didn't understand that we're, we're in charge of our own lives, that we create our reality, we we create the way we react to things. We get to choose that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's still a hard lesson. I mean, I grew up in that. Nobody ever, I didn't learn until I was much older that I was in charge, that I could, I could choose how I wanted to react to something, yeah. whether I wanted to have a little hissy fit or whether yeah. I wanted to remain calm and loving. Yes, you know, and, yes it, or whether you wanted to take revenge. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that is the, that's the pitfall, uh, always because we have a voice inside of us that says, why shouldn't you behave that way? They did this and they did that and they did this and they did that. Unfortunately, the universe doesn't, uh, recognize rationalization. It just recognizes the action you took and returns it because the universe thinks that everything you're doing is the love of God. And so therefore it thinks if you behave a certain way, then that's the way you want to be, have people to behave with you. Uh, that's an interesting concept, isn't it? You know, yeah. It's easy to revert back to the old ways and react before you realize that you're into a reaction, not a decision. Yeah. Uh, it's very easy to go back into that old behavior. I don't know how you teach people to do this. Well, you know, when I first heard the idea about this action-reaction, I saw it everywhere around me. I saw it in the people I knew in business. I saw it in the people who I had friends. The last place I was, I was able to see it was in myself. And I think it is because of this justification, you know, the ego jumps in with justifications to make it okay that you've behaved the way you are. But the the big idea to remember is that, um, the, the universe has no judgment. It doesn't have. It doesn't have a mind that says, "Oh, she did that, so he deserves that." It just. It, it doesn't. It's. It's. Um, it doesn't think. It doesn't think that way. It just feels that everything, the whole world, and everything in it is love, and therefore everything that we are expressing, the universe interprets as our interpretation of love. And so, therefore, if I decide to be disrespectful to somebody, the universe says, "Oh, Betsy thinks that disrespect is love, so let's give her lots more of that back." <laughs> oh, that's an interesting concept, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And you say, why is all this happening to me? Yes, exactly. I, I, that, that I didn't one, do that... anything to anybody. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. What would you say is the most important concept that you have in this book? Uh, and, and let me ask you this one. The most important concept. And do you ever get information that you put in a book that's a surprise to you? Uh, well, yes, um, because usually um, if a question comes up, um, then I'm not sure what the answer is. Um, so, yes, I'm, 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 always, I'm always in awe of the answers I get. I'm always in awe of it. When I read over a book, I can't believe I, I heard what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I, I, I do believe that um, it's, an, it's an amazing process for me. And... Uh, but the answers always come in a way that I can understand them, which I which which I love because the, one of the reasons that I write the books I do is that because I felt all along 
that you shouldn't have to be a theologian to understand spiritual questions and answers, and you shouldn't have to have an IQ of 150 to understand how to live in, happily in this world. And so I wanted, all my, I wanted all my questions and my answers to be completely understandable by anyone, and I think it, that's the way the world is. I think it is completely understandable to anyone, no matter what their intelligence or their education, because it really is basically all about whatever you give, you receive, and that is not a complicated theory to understand. Yeah, and I have to agree with you, and I think we we made it so hard that, to, we made it seem so hard that we think we have to have somebody to go through, and we don't. We already have that, that wisdom. We have that knowing, but but we still somehow think that we have to go to somebody who has a Ph.D. in something or other. Right. When maybe the child next door can give you a really clear and wonderful answer. That's yeah, true. Probably. <laughs> I have a little six-year-old that lives in the apartment next to mine, and he comes over with his little dog when my little dog's out on the patio, and I'll go out and talk to him because this child is so sweet. He's so beautiful. He's six, and it seems that he has more wisdom than anybody else in this whole big place. And, and he says it with such clarity. Uh-huh. I, I stand up there and I ask him questions and he just answers. He's, you know, it, it's, just, it's just really lovely. And I'm thinking, too bad I didn't start out with this kid. I know a lot, I know a lot by now. Uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just gorgeous. He, he's just this sweet little child who came out of just the toughest situation. And, and you would never know because he just, you know, he's just this little loving being. Mm. Uh, what messages that you received in, in writing this book have influenced you the most? I think that the messages that uh, allowed me to go from feeling like a victim to feeling powerful, uh, you know, that I was, I was the one who was deciding how my life was going to be, and um, that idea of being in charge of my life instead of being at the effect of others made me feel powerful instead of victimized. And uh, it took me from blame to accountability, which was really a big deal for me um, since half my life was spent in blame. Uh, the ideas in the book took me from pain, uh, uh, pain and resentment, to seeing the growth that I had experienced because I had gone through those bad times, and, and it um, it made me more appreciative instead of resentful. Because if you can look back on a situation, and um, even though it was difficult, but you can ask yourself, what did I gain, or how did I grow from having that experience? Then you've transformed the experience into something that you are grateful for instead of you're angry for. Oh, wonderfully said. And I have to apologize to our engineer because I totally forgot to look and see what time it was. And it is time for us to go to break. In fact, it's way past time for us to go to break. So stay tuned. We're going to be back with more with Betsy Thompson. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. 
Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Betsy Thompson. And we've been having this wonderful conversation about where we came from, why we're here, what we're all about. Uh, she's written this wonderful book called Love Human. Betsy, where can people find your book and how can they find you? They can go to my website, which is uh, Betsy Thompson, B-E-T-S-Y-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. And all my books are on my website and they can be ordered from my website. That website will take them to Amazon most of the time. And Betsy has this wonderful writing ability. Um, you'll enjoy her books. You know, they're they're meaty, but they're totally, totally understandable, very readable. One of the things you've talked about a number of times today on the show is coming from a place of blaming everyone for your own trouble to realizing that you were creating your own reality. How did you come to that realization? I know there are a lot of people who are dealing with that. Now, was it a slow understanding or did you kind of get hit on the head and say, holy cow, <laughs> I've been blaming everybody for my own stuff? Uh, I think it was. Uh, well, for me, I'd have to say it was a slow process since it took me half my lifetime to get there. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's so easy to blame um, other people, or it seems so easy to blame until and then and, and you don't. And the worse life gets from blaming, the wor- the more you start to blame. So it's a it's like it gains momentum. But when you take a different attitude of taking responsibility and you continue to do that, then that gains momentum too, because whatever fake focus you take is going to gain momentum. But I think that it's um, the judgment is really. 
uh, a hard a hard one as we talked about before to um, how to deal with because uh, it, it's all about remembering that, that nothing in this world is good, bad, wrong, right. It just is. Uh, and we are not really affected by the judgments of others unless their judgments have something to teach us about ourselves. So I think that the, the chapter in the book deals with the things that we judge the most about other people. We judge their philosophy or their politics. We judge uh, people as victims. Um, uh, we judge uh, abortions. We judge aging, people who are aging. We judge sickness. We judge handicaps. And so it deals with each of those individually in terms of um, uh, just looking at it from a bigger perspective and realizing that uh, uh, people come here for whatever they need to learn. And and it, it, why does it matter what other people need to learn uh, if, you know, they're doing it and if it isn't bothering you? And if it's bothering you, then you have to ask why it's bothering you because if it is bothering you, it's something you need to deal with inside of yourself. It has nothing to do with the other people. We can't change people. It isn't up to us to change people. They change when they're ready to change and not a moment sooner. But we and only some, get, we, yeah, sometimes we make it harder for them to do that yeah, when we get we, in and try to fix them. Yes, it, it's it's all possible. Yes, that's so true. It's so much. It, it, we think that we have to, you know, give show them the light, so to speak. But that's all. That's all a bunch of baloney. People have their own schedules. They have they have their own agendas when they're here. And why does it have to be wrong, good, bad, wrong, or right? Why can't it just be? Uh, it, it, it's really about it's a, it's what happens with uh, inside of us, and ego takes over. And ego doesn't want us to grow, so ego has us focused on on other people and whether they are growing or not. And it, it, that's what keeps us from, from being the people we want to be. It's, it's, you know, that be the person you want other people to be is the only solution. Yep. And, and most of us, you have a whole chapter on love, and most of us, you know, really want to be loved. But you say this, when you ask for more love, take a good look at what, you're consider, at what you consider unloving. That's where you will find it. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. How well, do you find? When you think about it, it's very logical. You know, you have a certain you have people in your life that you love and who love you. And if you want to find more love, where else are you going to find it except where you don't think it is? I mean, that's the only place. You mean where in more the guy down the way be. who's always grouchy? Pardon me. You mean like in the neighbor down the way who's always grouchy or yeah, who yes, I mean, yells at you because your dog barked or <laughs> you know, that kind? You, you're not yes, saying yes, I have I mean, to wherever like Wherever you him. think, wherever you think there's a problem, um, <laughs> is where you need to bring more love. You know, find something good about the neighbor instead of always complaining about what you don't like. And that's what you have to do in your life in general anyway. You have to find what is good about your life instead of what isn't good about your life because the more you focus on what good is, what isn't good about your life, the more you have to complain about because it expands. And if you're focused on what is good about your life, then what is good about your life expands too. It's really to remember the basic idea that whatever focus energy takes it expands. It expands, and so uh, it's pretty much a physics idea that you bring down to your everyday life. You talk. You have a chapter on what can physics teach me. Go into that just a little bit while we're here. Well, that's the physics of action, reaction, emotion. Um, 
it's the way the universe works, works and that's the way that everything within the universe works. Uh, you know, if, if the universe weren't in perfect balance, it would go into chaos and disintegrate. And we are a part of the universe, and so we're always living in perfect balance, too. And what that perfect balance refers to is our emotion, because perfect balance for us refers to something that is real and eternal, not something that is here today and gone tomorrow. So it doesn't have anything to do with the picture of life. It has to do with our emotions, the reality of our life. And our life, when you think about it, it's always about whether we're happy or sad has to do with how we're feeling in the moment. So that's our reality, how we're feeling. And so physics teaches us uh, that this is the way our lives go. In other words, the universe thinks everything is love. We're back to that old idea. So the universe says, you know, whatever you're expressing, the universe says that's what you want back, and so it returns it. And that's that's why it's such an important idea to remember that you can't you can justify your behavior till you're blue in the face, and the universe still sends you what you acted out. <laughs> exactly, and isn't it interesting that? Many of us, not not all of us, but many of us were taught not to trust our emotions. That it's our mind that you have to, you know, you have to clarify what's in your mind. You have to rely on that, not in your feelings. I don't know how many times I heard when and when I was a child that you can't trust your feelings or don't feel that way or, you know, those kind of statements. Yeah. Yes, in fact, that's one of the things that was so important to me when I was talking with my great-grandmother when I was a child. Um, there was no judgment of my feelings. Every feeling I had was acceptable, and it was such a relief to me. And, I, and that's what stayed with me through all the years, what a relief it was that somebody was speaking to me who accepted all my feelings. Uh, and when you think about it, I mean, if you, if you are in a relationship and uh, the person is saying one thing and you're getting a different feeling from the person, it's the feeling you have to trust because words are just noises coming out of the mouth. It is what is behind the, the, the words that is what is connecting to the reality, the real part of each of you. And so it is really the feelings are what you need to trust. They, they are the reality. Interesting concept. Um, did we did we get through physics? Have you have you are you satisfied with? What yes, we said I'm with fine. Physics? I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay, you have some really interesting chapters. Um, how do I find more comfort is one of them. How do and that's the same thing about finding more love. You have to find more comfort where, wherever you feel uncomfortable, wherever you don't feel there's any comfort. That's where the more is waiting for you. And so it's pretty much the basic, the same idea of, of looking what in your life is uncomfortable and how can you bring it more love because that's where the comfort is. Here's a, here's a chapter that deals with a question that most of us have. Many have great, great fear around it. A lot of younger people have tremendous fear about death. What happens in transition? What have you learned in your writings about what happens well, when we make this, our transition? This, chap- this chapter is um, about um, we live breakthroughs in one way or another, and I think the chapter says that rebirthing into a new body is no different from rebirthing into a new idea today or tomorrow, that both happen for the growth they offer the soul who needs to evolve. And I think that we stay here until there is more to learn from moving on. That's all. It's just, uh, I, I don't believe that transition is any different from now, except that we don't have a body. 
I we think don't. that people in transition are doing exactly what we're doing. They're looking for ways to, to, to love others. They're looking for um, people who are interested in connecting with them. Uh, they want to make connections. They want to love us. They want to help us. Uh, and they're just waiting for you to open your heart enough to feel them. And I feel like I think that that this is a something that all of us could do at one point uh, uh, back when the human game first started on planet Earth. I'm sure uh, we could communicate um, with people who were on the other side or people who were here because there was no separation in their hearts between one or the other. And now there's separation in our hearts between one person and another, and therefore it's harder to do. But it's all about... Um, Knowing that whether you're here or whether you whether you're leaving here or whether you're coming here, they both represent a breakthrough into into uh, something the soul believes has growth growth for that for that soul. So some of us who are getting really well up there in years, we haven't got it yet. Is that basically what you're saying? No, it, stay it, around it, until what, I get it. It means that you still have more to learn while you're here. <laughs> every, <That's> day. <laughs> every day, absolutely, every day. Talk yeah. about mirrors. You have a chapter on mirrors. Why are mirrors important? Well, that mirrors are important because they show us what we need to pay attention to in our lives. And the mirror is the person who is standing right in front of you. And if the mirror that you have in front of you is is very pleasurable and enjoyable, then it's telling you that you're being very pleasurable and enjoyable with other people. If the mirror in front of you is making you irritated or angry, then that's telling you that you have something inside of yourself to deal with that, that is related to that issue of anger. So it's it's the gift that we, I think, when we come here, it's the gift we are presented with when we come here, that we knew when we took this journey, we would always know, be able to, to chart our progress by the people who stood in front of us and mirrored our uh, mirrored us ourselves. I mean, when I was a very in plane, interesting concept. What, what, so you're me? saying, you're saying that if I get rankled by the curmudgeon down the hall, that I have that same curmudgeonness in me or I wouldn't recognize it even though he's shouting at everybody who walks by it wouldn't bother you if you hadn't um, been uh, irritating to somebody else that's interesting yeah. I don't have a curmudgeon living down the hall I, I have <laughs> the nicest neighbors yeah. I've ever ever been yeah, you know, but, ever seen anywhere but I, it, I know a lot of people have these kind of troubles yeah uh, it, it stems from the idea, Irene, that we all have an aura around us, and the aura represents all the ideas that we're putting out into the universe. And so if the curmudgeon walks down the street and says something that irritates you, then um, then it's reflecting back to you that it's going through your aura to hit you in your heart because it's something that is in your aura already. If the curmudgeon walks down the street and says something nasty and it doesn't bother you at all, you just say, oh, there he goes again, it's because the action came towards you and bounced off your aura because it didn't find anything compatible in your aura. Oh, that's nice. You know, because sometimes people can be so rude and you think, oh, the poor guy must be having a bad day. You know, <laughs> poor guy must be, you know, there's a TV program on called What Would You Do? I've seen it a couple times and they re, they put on situations that would generally get people all upset and you see, and a lot of them take place in a restaurant. And sometimes nobody gets upset, and sometimes everybody in the place is upset. It'd be interesting to watch that from this point of view. Yes, 
Who yes, is it I've... hitting? Mm-hmm. And who is it not hitting? Yeah, they have all kinds of situations that would get a lot of people very, very angry. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept. It is. That's, it is an interesting concept. It is. It, it is. Um, you're seeing it firsthand how that works. Yep. Yeah. If you just look around, if we just pay attention, yeah. if we just pay attention, we can see all kinds of things. The thing is that we, what we do is, um, where the where the fallacy is, is that we watch these programs and we think, oh, look at how silly they're behaving, and <laughs> we forget that we're watching the show because we have something to learn from it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably absolutely right. That my my reason is usually because I'm too tired to do anything at all at that point in my day, but I don't want to go to bed yet. However. You know, it's how it's how we it's how we deal so so often by watching what what other people are doing, and um, I'm not saying that the show is telling you something you need to know about yourself unless you feel the same anger. Oh right, yeah, yeah. you know, I yeah, exactly. Yeah, Let's, I think we have time for one more thing. Talk briefly about dreams. Why do we dream? Well, I think first of all, there are many reasons that people have different dreams for different reasons, but in the book, I talk about what dreams mean to me, but I know that my son has a dream gift that is completely different from this, so I don't want to tell, uh, put a message out there that dreams have to mean what I say they mean, but what they mean to me is um, they keep me informed of my daytime behavior. In, in other words, if I am in a dream and I am being, uh, I'm fearful, I'm being made to be afra- afraid in the dream, um, then I'm putting out fear to somebody else in my daytime. And my nighttime dream is simply reminding me of what I need to, um, to look at. And so in other words, it, it is just one more way of us dealing with our mirrors. And, you know, the, the, the dream is a mirror for me, too. And, and that the soul offers us information in the dream state that our conscious awareness is unwilling to accept. And so in the dream state, you can't ask, you can't say that, you know, make the dream stop. Um, the message comes to you whether you want to hear it or not because it's from your unconscious. And so it's, it's, it's you without all your rationalizations and all your excuses for why you behave the way you do. So then if we go a little further with it and, and look at nightmares... Uh, there's something that's really trying to get our attention. Would is that why we have sometimes yes. these fearful ones? Yes. If you if you're making maybe you're causing nightmares for others, uh, you know, in the in the in the sense that you're making their life uncomfortable by something you're doing, or you're telling them what they should or they shouldn't do, or you're trying to boss them around, or whatever. You're creating un- discomfort for them, and so therefore, in, you, in your un- in the unconscious dream, your soul is telling you this is what you're doing in your conscious hours, and you need to pay attention. Yeah, pay attention. Hey, we're gonna get to you're gonna get to see this dream a lot until you get it. <laughs> Betsy, we're right up to the end of the show. What's the thought you really want to leave with our listeners today? Well, I have I, I have a wonderful wonderful one that I love to do. That uh, peace is a state of mind. After it's found in thought, it manifests in matter. And so I just uh, I just want to to put that idea out that. I know everybody or many people want world peace, and what they need to do is to find the peace within themselves, get over the, the feuds in their own life, because as soon as you have feuds going in your own life, you've joined the fighting people instead of the peaceful people. Oh, that's a very interesting and very timely thought. Betsy's book is Love, Human 
love human written together as one word with a capital on the H. Go to Amazon or to Betsy's website, which is BetsyThompson.com, and get this book. Betsy, thank you so much for being with us today. You've just raised all kinds of thoughts. Uh, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed the whole, the whole time speaking with you. You're a wonderful host. It's always delightful to have you back. You're going to write, have to write another book now. I am. <laughs> this is Irene Conlon with my guest, Betsy Thompson, saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.